11 a.m. on the West Coast, 10 a.m. on the East Coast of America. Good morning, America. How are you? It is 3 p.m. in London, 7.30 in Mumbai, India, 11 p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia, it's another return to the Dark Ages. I am the man who usually doesn't wear pants, Jay Sheldon. Welcome. Welcome in, everybody. Hello. Nice to have you along for the ride. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com, where we usually are about three and a half days behind in our live stream because of the lag at, I, I don't know what. Rumble, get your crap together, okay? Seriously, love the channel, love the freedom, love the lack of censorship, hate the lag. So do something about it, would ya? I'm telling ya. Hey, we have a major, major announcement about our show tonight. It's coming up in just a little bit. First of all, we have a little business we always take care of in the start of our show, and that's this. Miko update. Yay, Miko update. Not much to update, really. We gave her a new type of uh, toothbrush. We always give her one of these every day to help keep her teeth clean. It's a new kind, and she loves it, but she won't eat it because she's too busy protecting it. She's like, she lays it down on the bed. She lays it down next to us. She looks at us and goes, go ahead, just try and touch it, punk. She is waiting for somebody to reach for it, in which case she will bite your hands off. She is very resource protective, but uh, (laughs) so I don't know. She'd probably wind up eating it later on tonight. But at the moment, she's laying down on the living room floor with her favorite shirt and her new little toothbrush laying on top of the shirt. And no one, and I mean no one, can get close to this thing. So she's doing very well anyway, so thanks for asking. All right, uh, that's our uh, that's our Miko update. And our big announcement is that I'm not wearing pants is going away, but not too far. We're <laughs> Yeah, nothing's going to happen to the show. It's going to be the same show. It's going to be the same goofy old fart coming on three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, talking about crap I find on the net. Occasionally something controversial, most of the time just interesting, weird stuff. Always a feel-good story and continuing on reading the classic books. But when we first started the show, as I mentioned in our last stream, we decided to call it I'm Not Wearing Pants because, well, first of all, I'm not. But second of all, we were in the middle of a pandemic. This was almost two years ago when we started this show. And this is how everybody was working online. This is all anybody ever saw from here up. From here down, people were wearing pajamas. They were wearing shorts. They were wearing their underwear. They were wearing what Mother Nature gave you. Whatever, it didn't matter because it wasn't on camera. And so we thought, okay, cute name for the show. I'm not wearing pants. Worked out really well. The show has done very well. Our podcast and our live stream. And our video replays, which you can find on Twitch.tv, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble.com. All of our past shows, 200 and what, 16, I think? I think 216 shows as of tonight. 
But uh, the pandemic is well and gone. And of course, now they're trying this bullcrap with, you know, starting this monkey pox, whatever baloney that nobody's buying. Uh, it isn't going to, eh, whatever, please. It, never again. Never. And, and you can mark the calendar. Never again. Okay. I'm telling you right now, as far as I'm concerned, never again. All right. So anyway, pandemic's over. Well and done. Dusted. And probably time to move on from the whole I'm not wearing pants thing. So we have a new brand. We have a new show. Same show, new name. And it's coming up. We'll start that on Saturday. We're doing all the changes between uh, this Wednesday's show, as I'm not wearing pants, and Saturday's show as our new brand. Same show, new brand. Nothing really will change. So for those of you who are wondering, the name of the show is going to change. But the show is not going to change. I'll still be here, ornery as ever, and loving you for all your likes and follows and shares and subscribes. It's all free. We thank you so much for hitting that little button, subscribe or follow. And our podcast listeners, thank you guys so much. Uh, we'll still be here. Uh, nothing will change. The time of the show, everything else. But uh, yeah, time for a little rebranding because, uh, you know, COVID's over, pandemic's done, and it's way past time to move on. Alrighty then, we've got, uh, <laughs> we have our main story tonight, which was in our thumbnail, and this just, oh man, when I saw this, I thought, what the hell are you people thinking about? What is the matter with you? It's from World of Buzz, the link's in our show notes, which is our description down below, it'll be right after the Merch Amico merchandise. Oh, that's going to be changing too, by the way. Uh, Miko will still be there. It'll still be Miko merch, but we'll put the new show show logo on everything. Uh, so, by the way, if you want to get the old I'm Not Wearing Pants logo stuff, you better ma move fast because it won't be there after probably Wednesday or Thursday. Um, okay, here's the story. And if this doesn't burn your butt, I don't know what is going to burn your butt. It, you're just, you have no butt to burn if this doesn't get you. This story from World of Buzz, the PDRM, which is our police department here in Malaysia, the Police di Raja Malaysia, which is the Royal Malaysian Police, has thousands, and I mean tens of thousands, of IP addresses that have been allegedly linked to child porn. But read the rest of the headline. They lack the manpower to act on it. What? You know, I've said before, the police have an important job. I have total respect for the police. There are bad cops. There are good cops. Hopefully more good than bad. That's usually the case. I spent five years in law enforcement. I spent three of those five years as an internal affairs detective, inspector. Uh, I was the police for the police, so I know from bad cops and good cops. In this case, I'm not going to blame the cops, because I don't frankly think they deserve it. If you read this article, you'll find out exactly why we have this ridiculous situation in this country. Frankly, if, if you're involved in child porn, they ought to lock you away and throw away the key for the rest of your life. 
I am a strong opponent of the death penalty. I do not believe in the death penalty for any reason ever. Don't ask me all the what if somebody killed your whole family and blah, blah, BS. Yes, I have always held fast to that and I will hold fast to that till the day I die. I completely am against the death penalty for anything. Anything. Read my lips. Anything. But if I weren't, (laughs) this would be one of the one things. Mm -hmm. That's why I say lock them away, throw away the key. They're never getting out. No parole, no nothing. You're going to die in prison. That's it. But anyway, check this out in the story. It's a scary world out there. Sex crimes as well as child porn have rather unfortunately increased. Uh, The Royal Malaysian Police said they've received tens of thousands of internet protocol IP addresses. When you log on to the internet, you get an address, an IP address, internet protocol, uh, which identifies basically your computer, where you are. Um, Anyway, these addresses have been suspected, suspected of sharing child pornography on the internet from international authorities over the last six years. Uh, According to Bernama, one of the news sources outlets here in Malaysia, They're unable to act on the information received because of a manpower shortage. When you idiots who file police reports because I got offended, he said something nasty about me, this music video was too queer, I don't like the way he looked at me. So you file a police report, which the police are obliged to follow up on because you idiots waste their time. So what happens when they're wasting their time on your I got offended police report? These freaks don't get investigated. And this is what the police need to be spending their time investigating. Not your freaking little, oh, I got offended at something somebody said police report or some piece of art somebody drew. You know what I'm talking about. PDRM Sexual Women and Children Crime Investigation Division, Principal Assistant Director, uh, ACP Siti Kamsia Hassan, said that for the period of 2017 until March of this year, that's what, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, five years, The police have received 93,000 over IP addresses suspected of being involved in child pornography. There's a picture over there. The IP addresses were gathered through the information sharing system, which comes in from all kinds of different international organizations, including Interpol, the FBI, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. However, she said because of the lack of trained staff, to filter and scrutinize the information received, only 103 out of 93,000 over IP addresses were checked and investigated, leading to the arrest of 50 individuals. 103, almost half of that led to arrests, which is scary. But 103 out of 93,000 IP addresses, 93, over 93,000. The information received examined by the Malaysian Internet Crime Against Children, 
MICAC D10 investigation unit, which is currently consisting of only three investigating officers with the rank of inspector. Now, they have put in requests. They've uh, added uh, in hopes an allocation in budget 2022 involves an increase in staff and financial allocation. They hope it can be channeled immediately to ensure that division can play a more effective role in tackling the crimes involving children. Um, when tabling the 2022 budget last year, Finance Minister Tunku Datuksri Zafrul Tunku uh, Abdul Aziz said uh, 13 million ringgit allocation and 100 new posts will be provided for D11 to put a stop to any form of violence and crime against children and women. I would hope so. I would also strongly suggest that you call up... Look, I don't thoroughly get the politics and government in this country because it's vastly different from the U.S., which I do too well understand. But if you have an MP or whoever your representative is for your area, you need to get on the phone or you need to get on your email and you need to be writing to them and telling them they need to do everything they can to support this part of the budget, make sure it gets through, and make sure they don't screw with that amount. In fact, if they can, they should increase it. Because this is a problem that cannot be allowed to continue. It truly can't. These are our kids we're talking about. According to the information, in 2017, only 46 IP addresses were suspected to be involved, increased in 2018 to 2,660, 2019, 9,000 over, uh, 2020, 18,000. It's doubling every year. Uh, 2021, 48,000, and 14,000 on its way to doubling again in just the first three months of 2022 this year. Unbelievable. Very worrying, she says, and she's right. Uh, even international enforcement agencies are offering to cooperate with the Malaysian police to further enhance enforcement to combat such activities. It is crucial to strengthen the D11 and MICAC units now. Please do. Do it fast. Uh, I just, that's how strongly I feel about this. Seriously, phone up whoever your MP is or your representative in Malaysia and let them know you stand fully behind this. You want this budget approved and you want, in fact, if you can do it, give them more money, double the budget. Insane, absolutely incredible. Sad, sad story and sad times we live in. Look, you're an adult, you want to watch porn, that's one thing. You're an adult, you want to watch child porn, you ought to be in prison where you should spend the rest of your life until you die there. Look, all right, time to lighten the mood here because it's getting pretty heavy. But seriously, please do. Please get a hold of your representative and let them know you support everything you can to put all the money you can behind this department in the police department and fight this. All right, Luna Amethyst has joined the stream. Hello, Luna. All right, good to see you. Nice to have you along for the ride. I don't know if you heard our announcement earlier. Uh, the show is going away. Uh, 
No, I'm kidding. It's just a shock value. You know, it's like clickbait. Uh, we're changing the name of the show. Everything else is going to stay the same. Nothing's changing. We're just going to change our logo and the name of the show, and that's pretty much it. Everything else is the same. So anyway, it's nice to have you along for the ride. One of our dearest and nearest fans, uh, Luna Amethyst over there in the U.S. All right. Um, <laughs> here's a funny one from World of Buzz. Again, links in the show notes, but please, there's no need for you to click on it. You can if you want to. Give World of Buzz the hit. Why not? But uh, <laughs> I saw this headline, and I just had one thing to think and say when I saw it. Uh, it was accepted by the president, said uh, the prime minister of Malaysia, who recently met Brandon, says that Biden understood his speech in BM. Well, Mr. Prime Minister, let me tell you this. First of all, Brandon would be lucky if he even knows where he is, let alone what you said. I'm really convinced he has absolutely no idea what you said in Basa, Malaysia. And likely, 30 seconds after he met you, even if you were in the room for five minutes, he forgot who you were, what your name was, and why you were there. Because the man is an idiot. Not you, Mr. P.M., the president of the United, the alleged president of the United States is a complete freaking moron and an idiot who illegitimately won the office. So there you go. Look at that. Two heavy subjects in a row. Anyway, I thought it really funny that the, the PM said that Biden understood his speech. Um, I, like I said, uh, it says the message that I conveyed was clearly accepted by the American president, even though I spoke in Bahasa Malayu. I'm sure that Brandon sat there smiling, going, uh-huh, uh-huh, because that's what people told him to do. Just smile and nod, boys. Smile and nod. Trust me, the man is an idiot. All right, what else we got going on here? Uh, tons of stuff to get through tonight. Oh, that's pretty much all the heavy stuff tonight. Um, this one is uh, not terribly good news, but uh, it's not that heavy. Uh, once again... <laughs> Here we go with the dogs in the dog parks. Remember I said about people, you know, who file police reports, who waste the police time? Well, this is just another incident of people who got nothing better to do than complain about stuff. And away they go. Hang on here, because I'm still trying to figure out exactly where we're going and what we're doing. And I want to make sure that everything is still running the way it's supposed to be running. We'll see what happens. Uh, all right. This is over here. This is over here. Why is this? Okay, this is thoroughly weird. I, I'm, I, I'm getting to it. Hang on. You know, you know me. Tech stuff. Just gotta stand by while I figure it out. Okay. Uh, this, uh, this again. The link is in our show notes if you want to check out the story. Uh, again, it's the world of buzz. The wonderful world of buzz. We love them dearly. Uh, by the way, if you've sent a chat in the last. 10 minutes or so. I likely didn't see it because my system here is having some sort of issues. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, okay. All right. Here we go. Um, <laughs> Malaysians are divided over dog owners bringing their pets to the public park in Penang. There's a picture. It's not wrong to bring dogs out for walks as long as cleanliness and the safety of others is cared for. Well, we all know that not all Malaysians are allegedly allowed to touch dogs, but 
what's being uh, what's wrong about being in the same vicinity as dogs? Well, some you know seriously, I've seen a stray dog on the sidewalk, and these young girls shriek in horror and cut all the way to the other side of the road and go down and come around. Uh, and it had nothing to do with they thought the dog was dangerous. It had to do with other things. Uh, a couple of doggies spotted with their owners at the waterfront Esplanade in Penang. Penang is a, an island here in uh, Malaysia, a very popular tourist place. Uh, they were not happy with the dog's presence at the location. They wrote, at Esplanade, Padang Kota, it feels like they, the dogs really should not be there. And it's unreasonable to bring the dogs along. Well, netizens, on the other hand, are divided on the issue. Some agree it's unwise to bring the dogs to public place, those more closed-minded idiots. And uh, others said, um, says, I request for the authorities to prohibit people from bringing dogs or other pets to public places. Screw you. Uh, Others saw nothing wrong with it. Thank you. Normally, dogs aren't treated like this. Well-trained by the owners. Uh, Every ethnicity has rights. There's no need to make this an issue. Thank you. Uh, We must all be united as Malaysians and respect each other. Thank you again. Not wrong to bring dogs out for walks. Cleanliness, the safety of others, of course, have to be cared for. And, uh, yeah, so, again, it's just, you know, a lot of hullabaloo about nothing. People want to see their name in the papers or online, and so they... You know, they fake all this, oh, I'm so offended. Uh, yeah, so anyway. Um, and, and that's not the end of it either. You think Malaysia has the cornered the market on stupid people and dogs? Oh, no. This is from viral. or is it viral.com? W-R-A-L.com. Links in our show notes. If you live in the, I'll call it the wrong kind of neighborhood, and by that I mean one that's, Uh, run and coordinated by a homeowners association. I feel sorry for you because these little Nazi groups who think they run the world try and get away with, I I have lived in a place that had a homeowners association. And for the most part, they're the most power hungry morons you will ever deal with. You think school boards and, Local municipal councils and things are bad. (laughs) Got nothing on a homeowners association, I can tell you. Uh, This article appeared. The link's in our show notes. Read the whole thing. I'm not going to get into the whole article for you. But the homeowners association, which is a group of people that own homes in the neighborhood, and one of the homeowners wound up in court over, you ready? Snacks. For dogs. Yeah. This is from May 16th. This guy, you can see a picture of it here. This guy put up a uh, a little station, a little statue of a dog with a jar on it that has some dog biscuits in it. And he did it out of the kindness of his heart. He realized a lot of people walk their dogs in the neighborhood and maybe they'd like a treat. A Raleigh, it's Raleigh, North Carolina. A Raleigh man created a dog treat station outside his home as an act of kindness, never expecting to find himself in the middle of a lawsuit with the Wake County District Court. The Homeowners Association in his neighborhood wants it gone. 
but he says, I'm not taking it down without a fight. Good on you. The uh, pet snack station sits in the grassy area on the side between the sidewalk and the street. And uh, the guy's name is Chuck Pringle, believe it or not. He loves keeping dog treats well stocked outside his home uh, in Bedford at Falls River. Now he's asking a judge to answer one question. Does the Homeowners Association have the authority to tell him what he can and cannot do with his piece of land? I put these items in the place so dogs could come by for a drink of water or a snack. The water bowl, treats, and figurine have become a big hit with the neighbors. Uh, Probably never personally received any complaints from any homeowners. Uh, Bedford at Falls River Homeowners Association, however, said the snack station's placement is in the city's right of way, which it contends it controls under the community restrictive covenants. You know, they're just doing it just to be a pain in the ass. That's the only reason. The snack station has been there for five years. Anyway, they gave him written warnings. Pringle said, family-friendly middle finger to you. And uh, they said they eventually threatened to fine him a hundred bucks a day. He says they are overreaching their authority. I think the board's taking it upon themselves to decide they control over this when, in fact, we don't believe they do control it. So, anyway, they're going to court. I'll keep up on this, uh, see if I can't follow up on the story and uh, find out what happens when they wind up in court. But this is what happens when you get a homeowners association, the little mega-Nazis who think they have all the power in the world, and they don't. You know who does have all the power in the world? This guy. (laughs) I got to check. Wait, wait, wait. I got to cue this back up again because you got to see this. This is on Malaysian roads, so yes, if you're in America, you'll notice they're driving on the wrong side. But um, check this out. This is, uh, who did the, oh, this World of Buzz again. Thank you, World of Buzz. The link to the video is in our show notes. I will play the audio for this because you got to listen. It's The guy is speaking in uh, BM, in Bahasa Malaysia. But um, <laughs> it's, it's funny. I won't try and translate because my BM sucks. But you'll get the gist. He's watching these guys who are trying to cut queue. It's a huge problem we have here in Malaysia where people, you know your exit is coming up and they will not get in the right lane. They'll wait till three meters before the exit and then everybody will try and cut in. And what happens? Yes, of course. Backs up traffic for everybody else who's trying to go straight through. This guy wasn't having it. And he let this idiot in this, I think it's a little Mivy, no. And he blasts his horn, but you got to listen to this horn. I'm going to turn the sound on so I think you can hear it. I'm sorry, my voice is going to double, but stand by. Here we go. Susu nak naik pergi tiram. Kalau kiri pergi tiram, kanan pergi. He's following this Mivy. There's all the traffic backed up from the from the turn. Here comes the here comes another Mivy trying to cut in. I see. Doesn't get in line back here. He's got to try and cut. Potong, potong, cut, cut, cut. 
Now listen to the horn when he blows it. See if you recognize the song. He's blocking this guy. So it's like, hey! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and the guy takes off and doesn't try and cut in anymore. By the way, in case you, you were wondering, that song, I don't know if you remember it. If you were a big clubber back in the 80s and bit of the 90s, that's Darude. Uh Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That is such a cool song. And a great horn. I need to get that for my car, I think. Nice, 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 nice. All right. <laughs> Amazing. All right, we got one more to go. Uh, before we uh, get into our book here, because we're going way over tonight. But uh, again, it's from the good folks at the World of Buzz. And uh, thank you to them for that. Uh, we're going to just get this up here, and then we will share it with you. <coughs> we talked earlier... Stand by. We talked earlier about my very strong feelings about the death penalty. And how I truly do not believe for any, any reason, and don't say what about, what about, because yes, I believe in my heart of hearts, for any reason, we should never, ever impose the death penalty on anyone, ever. All right. So anyway, here in Malaysia, believe it or not, they hang people for having marijuana. Yeah, I know. In like 30 over countries around the planet, civilized countries, uh, marijuana is either completely legal or a misdemeanor or, you know, people are selling it in shops and growing it in their backyards. Here in Malaysia, we're still back in the dark ages because we just refuse to take our heads out of our collective butts. Well, believe it or not, it is slowly, hopefully, changing. And uh, tip of the hat and a hearty hi-ho to uh, Syed Sadiq, who is, uh, is he an MP? Again, like I said, the whole... Uh, Malaysian politics thing here. Um, anyway, yeah, the uh, president and Moir MP, Syed Sadiq, young guy, great to see somebody young in politics because here they're over, like everybody who's anybody in politics is over like 150 years old. Um, but he has come out and spoken against the death sentence for medical marijuana patients, which thankfully somebody has actually done uh, done that. Uh, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, Kyrie also has made some comments about legalizing marijuana or medical marijuana. Um, he says they're not a group that distributes cannabis to make money. These are people who, uh, you know, need this as a medication. Uh, just in case you don't already know, Malaysian singer-composer Mohamed Yassin Suleiman is facing the death penalty. This is what I'm talking about, the stupidity. Uh, on charges of growing and distributing cannabis from his home in Kota Damansara. Uh, when he arrived at the Pataling Jaya court complex to be charged, he name-dropped Malaysian United Democratic Alliance, Muda and uh, President and Muar MP, Syed Sadiq Syed Abdul Rahmans, who also responded by saying he was praying in his defense. Uh, Syed uh, Sadiq is now speaking up against the post, titled Media Statement in Solidarity with Yassin. 
This time he pointed out that medical marijuana patients should not be compared to murderers as they face the death sentence. He wrote, on the morning of Wednesday, 18th May, 2022, I attended the mention of Brother Yesen's case at Sessions Court, PJ Court Complex. As chairman of the Medical Marijuana Caucus, I have some great uh, general comments, rather, regarding the use of cannabis for medical purposes. He then went on to explain why he believes the patients of medical cannabis are treated unfairly in our justice system. Firstly, he says the government should recognize that many patients in Malaysia have to use cannabis for medical purposes. They are not a group that distributes cannabis to make money. And secondly, it is time for Malaysia to... Yes, listen to this. It is time for Malaysia to follow in the footsteps of more than 40 countries around the world in recognizing cannabis as a medical alternative. The steps taken in other countries should also be seen as encouragement for Malaysian health groups to offer this alternative medicine immediately. Thank you, Said Sadiq, for your enlightening and not Dark Ages opinions and uh, support. Because, uh, well, there you go. Quite a story. All the details are in our link in our show notes. If you want to check it out, please do that, and you can uh, you can read the whole article. So, like I said, very little squeaking, little bits at a time. We're moving forward. Not fast enough, but we're moving forward. Okay, it is time to get on over to our book. So... Without further ado, let us, uh, where is my, hang on one quick second here, there we go. Let us uh, pop up the book cover, and uh, if you didn't know, or if you just found our show or our podcast, um, we read books in the last half of our show. We do all the classics. They come to us from the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. Serena Lee has liked the stream. Hey, Serena, good to see you, and thanks once again for a week of laughs and your Facebook posts. God love you. All right, anyway, so we read classic books. We've done all kinds. We just finished Winnie the Pooh. We did Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, The Wizard of Oz, The Velveteen Rabbit, uh, tons of classic books we've read in the last two years almost on this show, and we're going to continue to do that. Right now we're doing uh, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Cannon Doyle. And uh, we're going to continue on with that now. This is the, uh, the Red-Headed Adventures. The Red-Headed League is uh, the adventure we're in the middle of right now. And uh, if you want to catch up, you can just go back a couple of streams and catch back up. We always do this right at the end of our show. So, I never hope to see such a sight as that again, Mr. Holmes. From north, south, east, and west, every man who had a shade of red in his hair had trampled into the city to answer the advertisement. Fleet Street was choked with red-headed folk, and Pope's Court looked like a coster's orange barrel. I should not have thought there were so many in the whole country as were brought together by that single advertisement. Every shade of color there were, straw, lemon, orange, brick, Irish setter, liver, clay, but 
As Spalding said, there were not many who had the real vivid flame-colored tint. And when I saw how many were waiting, I would have given it up in despair, but Spalding wouldn't hear of it. How he did it, I could not imagine. But he pushed and pulled and butted until he got me through the crowd and right up to the steps which led to the office. There was a double stream upon the stair, some going up in hope and some coming back dejected. But we wedged in as well as we could and soon found ourselves in the office. Your experience has been a most entertaining one said Holmes, as his client paused and refreshed his memory with a huge pinch of snuff. Pray continue your very interesting statement. Well, there's nothing in the office but a couple of wooden chairs and a deal table, behind which sat a small man, with a head that was even redder than mine. He said a few words to each candidate as he came up, and then he always managed to find some fault in them which would disqualify them. Getting a vacancy did not seem to be such a very easy matter after all. However, when our turn came, the little man was much more favorable to me than to any of the others, and he closed the door as we entered so that we might have a private word. This is Jabez Wilson, said my assistant, and he's willing to fill a vacancy in the league. And he is admirably suited for it. The other answered, He has every requirement. I cannot recall when I've seen anything so fine. He took a step backward, cocked his head to one side, and gazed at my hair until I felt quite bashful. Then, suddenly, he plunged forward, wrung my hand, and congratulated me warmly on my success. It would be injustice to hesitate, said he. You will, however, I'm sure, excuse me for taking an obvious precaution. And with that, he seized my hair in both of his hands and tugged until I yelled in pain. There is water in your eyes, said he, as he released me. I perceived that all is as it should be. But we have to be careful for we have twice been deceived by wigs and once by paint. I could tell you tales of cobbler's wax which would disgust you with human nature. He stepped over to the window and shouted through it at the top of his voice that the vacancy was filled. A groan of disappointment came up from below, and folk all trooped away in different directions until there was not a redhead to be seen except my own, and that of the manager. My name, said he, is Mr. Duncan Ross, and I am myself one of the pensioners upon the fund left by our noble benefactor. Are you a married man, Mr. Wilson? Have you a family? I answered that I had not. His face fell immediately. Oh, dear me, he said gravely, that is very serious indeed. I am sorry to hear you say that. The fund was, of course, for the propagation and spread of the redheads as well as for their maintenance. It is exceedingly unfortunate that you should be a bachelor. 
My face lengthened at this, Mr. Holmes, for I thought that I was not to have the vacancy after all. But after thinking it over for a few minutes, he said it would be all right. In the case of another, said he, the objection might be fatal. But we must stretch a point in favor of a man with such a head of hair as yours. When shall you be able to enter upon your new duties? Well, it's a, a little awkward, for I have a business already, said I. Oh, never mind about that, Mr. Wilson, said Vincent Spaulding. I shall be able to look after that for you. What would be the hours, I asked. Ten to two. Now, a pawnbroker's business is mostly done of an evening. Mr. Holmes, especially Thursday and Friday evening, which is just before payday. So it would suit me very well to earn a little in the mornings. Hence, I know my assistant was a good man and that he would see to anything that turned up. That would suit me very well, said I. And the pay is four pound a week. And the work? Purely nominal. What do you call purely nominal? Well, you have to be in the office, or at least in the building, the whole time. If you leave, you forfeit your whole position forever. The will is very clear on that point. If you don't comply with the conditions... If you budge from the office during that time, it's only four hours a day. I, I shouldn't think of leaving, said I. No excuse will avail, said Mr. Duncan Ross. Neither sickness, nor business, nor anything else. There you must stay, or you will lose your billet. And the work is to copy out the Encyclopedia Britannica. There is the first volume of it in that press. You must find your own ink, pens, and blotting paper, but we'll provide this table and chair. Will you be ready tomorrow? Certainly, I answered. Well, then, good-bye, Mr. Jabez Wilson, and let me congratulate you once more on the important position with which you have been fortunate enough to gain. He bowed me out of the room, and I went home with my assistant, hardly knowing what to say or do. I was so pleased at my good fortune. Well, I thought the matter over all day, and by evening I was in low spirits again, for I had quite persuaded myself the whole affair must have been some great hoax or fraud, though what its object might be I couldn't imagine. It seemed altogether past belief that anyone could make such a will or that would pay such a sum for doing anything so simple as copying out the Encyclopedia Britannica. Vincent Spaulding did what he could to cheer me up, but by bedtime I had reasoned myself out of the whole thing. However, in the morning I determined to have a look at it anyhow, so I bought a penny bottle of ink with a quill pen and seven sheets of foolscap paper. I started off for Pope's court. Well, to my surprise and delight, everything was right as possible. The table was set out for me. Mr. Duncan Ross was there to see I got fairly to work. He started me off upon the letter A, and then he left me. But he would drop in from time to time to see that everything was all right with me. 
At two o'clock he bade me good day, complimented me upon the amount of work I'd written, and locked the door of the office after me. This went on, day after day, Mr. Holmes, and on Saturday the manager came in and planked down four gold sovereign for my week's work. It was the same next week, and the same the week after. Every morning I was there at ten, and every afternoon left at two. By degrees, Mr. Duncan Ross came to coming in only once of a morning, and then, after a time, he didn't come at all. Still, of course, I never dared to leave the room even for an instant, for I was not sure when he might come, and the billet was such a good one and suited me so well I wouldn't risk the loss of it. Eight weeks passed like this, and I'd written about abbots and archery and armor and architecture and attica, and hoped with diligence that I might get onto the bees before long. It cost me something in foolscap, and I had pretty nearly filled a shelf with my writings, and then suddenly the whole business came to an end. To an end? Yes, sir, and no later than this morning. I went to my work as usual at ten o'clock, but the door was shut and locked with a little square of cardboard hammered onto the middle of the panel with a tack. Here it is, and you can read for yourself. He held up a piece of white cardboard, about the size of a sheet of notepaper. It read in this fashion. The Red-Headed League is dissolved. October 9th, 1890. Sherlock Holmes and I surveyed the curt announcement and the rueful face behind it until the comical side of the affair so completely overtopped every other consideration we both burst out in a roar of laughter. I cannot see there's anything very funny, cried our client, flushing up to the roots of his flaming head. If you can do nothing better than laugh at me, I can go elsewhere. No, 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 cried Holmes, shoving him back in the chair from which he had half risen. I, I really wouldn't miss your case for the world. It's most refreshingly unusual. But there is, if you'll excuse my saying so, something a little funny about it. Pray what steps did you take when you found the card upon the door? Well, I was staggered, sir. I didn't know what to do. And then I called at the offices round, but none of them seemed to know anything about it. Finally, I went to the landlord, who's an accountant living in the ground floor. I asked him if he could tell me what had become of the red-headed league. He said he'd never heard anything of such body. Then I asked him who Mr. Duncan Ross was, and he answered that that name was new to him. Well, said I, the gentleman at number four... "'What, the red-headed man?' "'Yes.' "'Oh,' said he, "'his name was William Morris. "'He was a solicitor and was using my room "'as a temporary convenience until his new premises were ready. "'He moved out yesterday. "'Where could I find him?' "'Oh, at his new offices. "'He did tell me the address, yes, "'17 King Edward Street, near St. Paul's. "'I started off, Mr. Holmes, but when I got to that address... It was a manufactory of artificial kneecaps. 
and no one in it had ever heard of either Mr. William Morris or Mr. Duncan Ross. And what did you do then? asked Holmes. Well, I went home to Saxe-Cogburg Square, and I took the advice of my assistant. But he couldn't help me in any way. He could only say that if I waited, I should hear by post. But that's not quite good enough, Mr. Holmes. I do not wish to lose such a place without a struggle, so... As I'd heard that you were good enough to give advice to poor folk who were in need of it, I came right away. And you did very wisely, said Holmes. Your case is an exceedingly remarkable one, and I shall be happy to look into it. From what you've told me, I think it is possible that graver issues hang from it than might at first sight, appear. And that's where we're going to leave it for tonight. Holmes suspects there is something afoot, and I suspect there is too. <laughs> All right, folks, thanks a lot. That'll be doing it for us for our live broadcast and uh, video replay, and also, of course, our podcast, wherever you'll get your podcast. Just Look for our show and hit subscribe or follow, and thank you for that. I'll see you again on Wednesday night, and uh, yeah, be prepared. We'll have some more crap going on. Until then, I'm the guy without the pants, Jay Sheldon. Good night. Yeah.